episode 38 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. You join myself, Chris, and my two co-hosts in the cubes. We have, to my left, I still got it wrong again, to my left we've got the return of Morph himself, the techie teacher, Mr. Tom. How are you doing? Big Morph wave, big Morph wave. <laughs> and below him we've got uh, the Wolverine to my gambit, the man of many pixels, Richie, as well, joining us once again for episode 38. <laughs> Now, before we jump into the craziest busy week of Tom, do you understand the Morph reference? Uh, no, Chris, please explain the Morph reference <laughs> oh, no, no, to me no, because no, I'm still think... blind to it. So obviously... Nah, I think we're good. Right, so <laughs> I suppose it forms part of the housekeeping. Well, welcome everybody, by the way. Uh, Sounds of Stadia yeah. podcast. We bring you a weekly podcast breaking down all the Stadia news in the world of gaming. And it's been one hell of a week. Uh, so to keep things ticking along at a nice pace for all you listeners and viewers out there, we'll get into some housekeeping. Um... Myself and Richie and Tom actually as well, we've all been busy this week, so after last week and we gave out uh, much needed recognition for some of these sounds, of not sounds of stadia, some of the stadia community, we didn't give up, I suppose we did give ourselves a little bit of recognition at the end. You did actually. You did. I did, so it's only fair, it's only fair, it's equally distributed. Um, in terms of uh, ourselves, we jumped over to uh, Rock, our friend Rock, and his channel for his show, which is Rock Around the Clock, uh, where we essentially talked about any of the uh, stadium news. Uh, specifically, I think we went into communication issues, uh, which tends to, was the topic of the week, I think, until the, the, the tail end, um, where we yeah. showed up and discussed all things with Rock over there. It was really good. If you haven't checked it uh, out already, head over. It's about an hour or so long. Uh, and we do delve into some uh, deep-rooted discussions around Stadia. Uh, we then followed that up with, uh, on the fr- uh, keep me straight, Richie, it was the Friday, if I'm not correct? E- yeah. Yes, it was it, Friday. One of the days. Uh, we head over, head over to uh, Club Stadia's channel with uh, Brian, Chase, and MM2K from the Stadia Initiative podcast, uh, where we talked again about all things communication, uh, some of the Sony PlayStation stuff that was announced in the week. You may have heard of it. And uh, a couple of other bits and pieces. However, what we did pose to them, Tom, was uh, as they uh, right and class themselves as the Avengers, the Stadia Initiative, uh, the Avenger Initiative. If you've not seen their movies, again, they're a little small uh, indie type mo- movie you may have heard of. Uh, yeah, bringing really a bringing a couple of a couple of uh, hundred hundred thousand dollars uh, per movie. I've heard um, some up and coming actors sprinkled throughout. Uh, and obviously, Brian himself is down as Captain America, which Tom, you're sporting a sporting a lovely Captain I'm America. He's doing t-shirt. it in his honor as well. I wanted to give him a quick shout out as well for his charity stream, actually, too, um, which went down really well for uh, for Black Lives Matter. So, um, supporting you today, Cap. You know, yeah, uh, hats yeah. off to you. Well yeah, done. It was really, really good. If you've not headed over to there, check that stream out as well. The play Just Dance, uh, very, very funny. I know Eddie dropped in with his uh, little kid as well. Very <laughs> funny to watch. Um, and they're obviously all for a great cause as well. So if you're not headed over, donate uh, anything that you can. It all helps towards a rightful, uh, really great cause. Um, but Tom, in and amongst that, we wrapped up the episode by obviously talking about our own po- podcast, what we get up to. And that brought us to the light that I asked if um, we could we could have the honour of being the X-Men to their Avengers. Uh, which they graciously said straight away. I, I was going to give them a moment to think about it, maybe just check with their, their, their colleagues. Um, but they said, yeah, go ahead with it. So me and Richie took some time to kind of decide what we wanted to be. And unfortunately, you went in the room. Yeah. So Richie uh, pleasantly uh, donned you with uh, Morph, which uh, is a lesser known X-Men. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> From the, uh, obviously, the, the uh, 90s, 80s, 90s cartoon? 80s? Yeah, 90s. 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 Early 90s, 90s. cartoon. It's available on Disney Plus now. Um, but yes, uh, so I, I took uh, the mantle of Gambit. He's pretty cool. Throw some cards around. I'll take that. Uh, Richie Wolverine. He's got a beard and he's quite short uh, than the rest of us. 
Chris just suggested wow. Wolverine to me and then Thames went, yeah, okay, I'll be Wolverine. Yeah, sure, why not? No, 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 Chris. <laughs> Jubilee! Right, well, how did you get to that one? Oh, oh, I was just trying to think of all, all the shittest X-Men. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> so you've gone with more. So, yeah. Morph, yeah, We obviously. can revise it, we can retcon it if we want to. That, that That's is fine. Fair. Is there anyone That's who fine. jumps out to you, Tom, as, a, as an X-Man? Um, apart from the skin tone, I certainly do believe myself to be a bit of a Hank McCoy. A bit of a beast. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Hanging from the sea, Okay, yeah, I, I like I like I like to be uh, be up there rather than down here, and I I do tend to to to, to should we should we say the X Men's version of hulking out, shall we call it okay, okay. as well? So you're happy with well, well? I pff, who cares? Like you've given me that 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 short notice. You'll have you know. to get back but to hey, us next week on that. But now you know what it was. So obviously, Richie tagged you on Twitter <laughs> with Morph, the little plasticine yes. character, and that we thought that would just add another element of confusion to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Certainly does. Uh, which was <laughs> crazy. Did. So then, off the what back of all that... In the morning or something as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What a thing to wake up to. Why am I being called Morph <laughs> by the community? Um, but off the back of that, we then followed that up with... Uh, in, in between the Stereo Initiative podcast, myself and Richie jumped over to continue our road to Valhalla. Uh, once again, playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey with Cassandra. It's getting to a really good, interesting turning point in the conversation now with the story. Uh, we're on Hunt for a Mother. So join us again if you're not already over there. Uh, we had loads of people join us from the Stereo Initiative podcast as well, and then we ping them back over to Brian uh, to continue for their main episode. So again, very, very busy. Check that out if you've not already done so. And then we wrap up the week on the weekend, as we always do, with uh, Richie reaching the, the... Is this the penultimate episode, or have we got another two? No, next week will be the penultimate. There's, it's a 10-episode series, which is kind of nice, actually. It's just the yeah, way yeah. I cut down into like a nice 10-episode block. Um, getting. We're getting, we are very much getting towards the end now. Oh, it's exciting stuff. So check that out as well if you've not already done so. Again, it's all there to binge, available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sounds of Stadia. Uh, and again, don't forget to give your videos a like. It does help out. I don't know why I said like, like that. Like. Like. <laughs> give it a like. Uh, it definitely helps out. And if you've not already done so, subscribe to the channel down below. It really does uh, help us out. And more importantly, it keeps you in the loop with all the content that we've just listed off. How would you know about it if you weren't following us on YouTube or over on twitter.com forward slash Sounds of Stadia. So Thank you very, very much. Uh, we do have one retcon ritual to uh, cover off this week as well. Off the back of all of us thanking the community uh, last week, uh, we were caught out, unfortunately. We did the ter- rudest, most terrible thing you could possibly do, which is say somebody is younger than they actually are, um, to a point where, Tom, would you like to uh, cover that one off as a quick apology? Yeah, so, uh, so shout out to our boy, Raph. Uh, I can't call him a boy anymore. He's actually a man. <laughs> so, uh, turns out Raph isn't 19. Um, he's actually in his late 20s. So, Raph, um, I am deeply sorry if I offended you by calling you 19 years old. Clearly, you're a man with much more wisdom than I. So, <laughs> I'll take I'll take my humble pie and I'll eat it as well. So, yes, uh, the quick retcon, but there you have it. Nice and quick and easy, which we need to be nice and quick this week because it's been so crazy busy. Uh, as part of the recon ritual, Richie, I will let the world know as well if you didn't realise that. Myself and Richie thought for our patrons this last week uh, we would record a reaction to the PlayStation 5 reveal event, the future of gaming, as they, they so stated. Uh, yeah, so myself yeah. and Richie poured ourselves a drink, we sat down, we recorded it all offline, and it was going to go live for our patrons, probably eventually for the channel, but with it being PlayStation news, we didn't want to keep it on our main channel, as we are a Stadia-centric channel after all. 
Um, and after two hours of great talk, uh, I guessed some of the games nice and early. We had great back and forward about predictions, yeah. hopes and dreams, our thoughts on it, how it would compact, uh, combat Stadia, the future of gaming essentially. Um, I realised just after we were wrapping up the conversation, I had forgot to hit record. And it's all just lost yeah. in the ether now. So two hours of yeah. pure quality content. I, I think no one'll ever a, see. A really good shows would have been a really good show as well. It was, <laughs> it was. We had some quality rich games yeah. to talk about, our impressions and such, and uh, how hyped it was. And uh, yeah, all flushed down the toilet because I didn't hit record. And uh, lessons learned. Hopefully, this podcast is reaching you <laughs> because we recorded it. Yeah. We have done triple checks now on that, and uh, hopefully, you can hear us all as well. And the best of us, Chris, happens to the best. It of us. does indeed. <laughs> but you know what? It, we just wanted to let you know that it, we did intend to do it. Uh, maybe next time, maybe for the, maybe for the PlayStation Six, we'll yeah. do something like that uh, in a decade's the time. He, the worst thing about it is he even did a, a quick test recording right at the start of before the show went live. Like, yep, that's good. We're good to go. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Who, who's the yeah. naive nineteen-year-old now who doesn't uh, doesn't know what he's doing? Um, anyway, though, the great thing with uh, I suppose the, the the lack thereof of PlayStation Five uh, recording uh, doesn't really matter because this week has been stacked. This this back end of the week has been mega stacked with news about. We've got game releases that shouldn't have came out. We've got gaming divisions being bought. We've got new game announcements. Uh, we've got massive community updates that are rolling out, like future road mapping for games that we all love. Um, it, the list goes on, and we'll delve right into that with. Sexy special Stadia story segment, aka the, the news. news. It is one hell of a news week this week, and oh, I believe yes. it only started on Thursday. Pretty much Thursday, the community <laughs> was up in awe about the lack of communication, the lack of messages, and thankfully, from third party sources, news outlets, competition, it's all just kind of boiled over and exploded like a volcano. And here we are. Um, the well, biggest thing I think we've dropped in at the top of the list. Uh, it's kind of quite serious from a Stadia standpoint. I'm very interested to see the repercussions, but essentially the Ubisoft very anticipated title, Gods and Monsters, um, out of the blue, bear in mind we've only seen an E3 trailer for this about a year or so ago, out of the blue, available on the Stadia store a co- under the codename Orpheus to buy for f- not only for free, there was no price attached to it, but to play and some people out there, Eddie Player One for example, and a couple of other people, Link TV massive shout out to you guys, were quick off the bat, and you managed to capture game footage recording of the game in action gentlemen, what the hell? That's imp- it's impressive work considering it was up for less than half an hour, they actually get some footage from it like... I, I just ca- I can't believe it yeah, I think it's it's important to remember first of all that we 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 know or there there are there is news out there that says that Ubisoft has been testing their games on the Stadia platform. They're like they've been actively testing it. So clearly somebody pressed the wrong button and flicked the wrong switch at some point on Stadia's end. So big oops. It raises questions: Does Google not have like a test server set up, like independent of the main server, to prevent stuff like this? So if someone does accidentally hit go live. It just goes live on the test server, not to Doesn't the seem that way. world. Doesn't seem that way at all, does it really? Mm. Um, it's also important to note that actually this was an E3 from uh, the E3 2019 build. It wasn't the complete game. Um, again, because of this, there's been a lot of like a, a bit of a bit of a, a, a hustle and bustle in the community as well. Of people saying, oh, it looks awful. It's using like loan systems from Assassin's Creed Odyssey and stuff like that as well. But it, it was it was an older build. So again, it's still sort of like alpha at this at, at that point. It certainly was in alpha as well. Um, but what did you think of the footage, Chris? 
Uh, I personally, I was quite excited anyway. I know leading into even seeing this leaks, um, it looks like they've taken Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they've talked to Zelda Breath of the Wild, they've mushed them together, and you get a game out of it that's going to feature gods and monsters from Greek times. Like that, that sounds fantastic. On that point, actually, briefly, they are now referring to the titles of Gods and Monsters and Orpheus as both in-development titles, so it may come out as a completely different name. Yeah, and I did see some people... Like, when yeah. when kind of Ubisoft came out and corrected um, the kind of retrospectively saying it was an alpha build, it was from the E3 demo, and then coming out as Orpheus, um, it does beg the question, are they planning on releasing this as something different? Is Gods and Monsters maybe it's not landed as well? I know we've theorised about... Uh, I can't even think of the name. Skull and Bones, um, also probably getting a, possibly getting a remake name and, and coming out under a different guise. And the great thing with games that are always in development is, yeah, until you kind of print the disc essentially and get it out there and start marketing it, it doesn't really matter. I, I was I was quite taken by the name Gods and Monsters anyway. I wasn't that. It wasn't a name that I looked at. Uh, Orpheus. Again, I'd, I'd probably prefer Gods and Monsters out of the two of them, but we know it's a working title. Yeah. Um, although sounds like the Project Orpheus, that's what we're going to codename this yeah. while... Um, but then again, I suppose pro- leaking it under a different uh, working title name doesn't really make a difference when people know what game it is. As soon as they get to clap eyes on it, I would have clocked it as Gods and Monsters before even seeing Orpheus. Um, obviously, dropping on the store out of the blue caught a lot of people off guard. I know, no doubt, you guys checked, right, to see if it was there? Oh, yeah. I think it was, yeah, I was like, at the point that people were saying on Twitter 11 minutes after the event, and it was already gone at that point. So very quickly rectified. But I suppose there's one positive we can take out of this. Once again, it's evidence right there of how quickly Stadia can push games to launch yeah. that fast. <laughs> Yeah, if it was another platform, they wouldn't have even downloaded half the game before it would have been taken yeah. down. Download would have stopped in an error yeah, message or something. Pros and cons, it depends on which side of the fence you sit. <laughs> this, I think there's some work to be done on the back end for Stadia there. I mentioned having some sort of test server built for developers to work with, having like maybe two-factor like, release, so you can't just accidentally... Nuke launch keys and codes and stuff like that. Two buttons. It is live instantly. And this actually can be a little damaging, unfairly damaging on the game because, well, it's a pre alpha build that's completely out of date. And if people start judging the game based on that, just not really fair yeah i mean we've seen this it. image in my mind sorry i've got this image in my mind now of, of phil harrison at one end one end of the room and <laughs> eve eve guillermo from ubisoft at the other end and they've both got to use their keys and push the button at the same yeah, time yeah. you think so it, it again it does beg the question how simple like how does something like this happen like it, it hasn't yeah. just accidentally done it someone has like you said turned the key turned the switch and yep. it's gone live and obviously somebody's noticed that because um shortly after the game was pulled stadia went down for uh, a brief more, I think it was 10, 10 20 minutes or something, um, where you couldn't boot up any game. It was you could get into the title screens, and as soon as you hit play, you just got an error message. Um, do we think this is in response to making sure no one who had access can be playing it? Like kick everyone out who's essentially playing the game, just shut down everything. I am less inclined to think that because I do remember reports of when the game went out that people couldn't actually boot the game up after a certain time and this is while the Stadia servers were still live. Right. I think the the Stadia service going down is actually more akin to them rolling out additional features. We know yeah. this past week that they added the touch controls for all mobile devices as well as uh, we can now actually access the different uh, visual settings on Chromecast and we can also have um, experimental support on all ranges 
of Android phones now. So I think it was more more um, attuned to to that actually happening as opposed right. to um, the the Gods and Monsters yeah, League. Big update. That was yeah. the first time I'd noticed it going like offline. I hadn't really heard anyone Absolutely. say Stadia's been off since launch. I, I've never mm. had an issue. So it was interesting how it with, happened. I had the same impression as you, Tom, but I'm kind of, I think that's a point of annoyance, actually. If they pulled it because something's went leaked and they need to troubleshoot quickly, instantly pull, pull it. That's one thing. A planned update and not informing people is a completely different ball game. It's like, how hard is it to get a message out to your players going, in 15 minutes, the server's going to shut down for scheduled maintenance. Yeah. Every MMO does it routinely. Yeah, which like, makes which does beg the question, was it for other reasons then? If it wasn't a scheduled update, because we, again, we won't uproot the whole communication or lack thereof argument from last yeah. week. There's a whole episode about it, if you go check it out. Um, but in terms of it happening so random, the laughable thing again, uh, Destiny's Twitter account acknowledged it straight away. We're down, we don't know why, but yeah. we were aware of Stadia players not able to get onto Destiny 2. And then on the flip side of that, Google, all quiet, oh. silence, no response. Even after the fact it was up and running, there was no message to say service should be up and running now, play games, enjoy. It was just silence. Yeah. Well, interestingly, <laughs> um, it kind of did coincide because I remember seeing the, start, the article come out saying, yeah. Um, that yeah, touch controls are live. Checked it, they weren't, and then the servers went down. When they came back, the touch controls were there. Yeah, they did say they did respond to a few people on Twitter and saying like replies and say basically that the, the features would be rolled out gradually throughout the course of the day, so twenty four yeah. hours. I think that's always a safe bet to assume now. Anything that drops, yeah. especially with the different time zones, never to expect it yeah. bang on the hour for everybody globally. It's clearly rolled then out. Just put that in your messaging. Just yeah, it yeah. Roll out this, but it was live today it just seems like some of the the rollouts of features do tend to trickle out because i know um after after the announcement came out the first thing i did was jump on my chromecast ultra to check out to see if i could change the the visual settings and it was there straight away but i saw people tweeting about it i think the following day still saying like oh it's not there yet for me or i've just received it and stuff so it's interesting how that actually works and and, and what happens behind the scenes to actually allow that to yeah. to hit someone's platform basically i wonder if it's like a sequential thing where they have to show off some service upload it and do it sequentially so yeah maybe one's gone, one's gone offline one's rebooting that's why it has to be so yeah you can still to that way the service that's still live can carry the load yeah while your dedicated region server reboots then yeah. you get it yeah certainly and um so with, with all this with the stuff leaking do we think this means that gods and monsters is on the cusp of a release maybe by the end of the year i mean it was supposed to be out by now right Originally, and then it was pushed I, back from February, know. along with uh, Watch Dogs, if I recall correctly. Um, I'm kind of thinking that this mistake might have happened while they're trying to remove, take down this build of the game from the servers. Uh, maybe they're getting to the point where they want to test their new. They've been working on it when they get the new build up there and do the like, t do the testing, the internal yeah. probably like post alpha testing or whatever yeah. whatever stage they're at. So it, it's hard to tell at this point. Yeah, um, we, we didn't hear anything at, um, at the, you know, so far in the IGN Summer of Gaming, but that's because we also know that Ubisoft have got the Ubisoft Forward coming up in July. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether they're sort of holding off to give us more information about Gods and Monsters there, because let's be frank, we haven't actually heard anything about the game for quite a long time now, it, in reality. It could be Connect. Google still have promised us a Connect for the summer. It could be there. That might be where it's slated. Mm. I think similar along the lines of what Tom's saying that the fact that Ubisoft now have their own conference and we've seen it like the IGN yeah. Summer Games Fest has been 
lackluster so far. Don't feel like they've really announced <laughs> anything outside of a couple of indie games, which, we, again, if anyone didn't check it out, the Escapist uh, Indie Showcase was on over the weekend too, which went on for about two or so hours of just indie game, indie game, indie game. And we had a little laugh in our chat group that basically they'd, it looked like they'd flipped a coin and either lands on, we've gone for the Breath of the Wild art style or we've gone for the Cyberpunk art style. There's two aesthetics that are clearly going to be the future of indie games for 2020 and beyond. Um, but yeah, so we are seeing games come out, and there are a few that we've got later in the news doc about uh, games that are coming to Stadia, which we found just trickle slowly through, because uh, they're lost. There's so much action going on, essentially. It's hard to keep up, especially when um, Stadia sometimes isn't on the marketing, but then it is coming to the platform, yeah. and it, it's very hard to I've keep up. What's about that? Um, I think that... I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this sort of boat that, again, I'm seeing within the Stadia community that we're not seeing the labels of Stadia on a lot of games. And I'm wondering whether that's because they're sort of holding off to actually announce them at a Connect as opposed to within this event, because perhaps these were all lined up prior to the, uh, the summer of gaming deadlines. Let's say IGN set a deadline to all marketing partners and so on to say, get your materials into us by this date and we'll make sure it's there. Um, perhaps at that point there weren't those deals in place and now we're waiting for a connect to actually hear more about that. Yeah. That's how I personally, I, I suppose it's wishful thinking, but that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. It, it's really hard to know. I think Stadia mm. have been kind of inconsistent with this sort of stuff. There have been games that, games that have had trailers that we know come to Stadia and the logo has been missing and then yeah. games that we're not expecting. It, it, it really is hard to know what's going yeah. on. You really do have, have to take it all with a pinch of salt. Um, in regards to um, IGN though, the Game Fest, it's, it's still shared to go on for I think another ten days, if if that, um, with like different back up on Monday. Stop. Yeah, mm. um, and Stadia, where, yeah, Stadia <laughs> are supposed to be there, so I don't think it's maybe it's going to be a connect, but I think we might hear maybe it's like a tech update through the IGN site or something. It's obviously, something's in the pipeline. They just haven't clearly communicated with us what that is or when to expect it. Like again, Richie, I think you mentioned it on one of yeah, you mentioned one of the shows we were on that. We need, we'd like to know because we're going to do a reaction video to it, no doubt, yeah. if we can have a time and a spot. Yeah. Um, but either way, to, to put a pin in that, that's, that particular story regarding Orpheus, Gods and Monsters, um, does it excite you more to play the game or does it detract from it? How, how do you feel on this game right now? What are your, what are your temperatures at? I think it makes me sort of hyped a little bit for it again, but I'm still waiting to find out more. I'm still waiting for that Ubisoft forward before I actually make a firm decision, but it's quite high up there on my list personally of, of things that I'm going to consider purchasing. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting quite excited for the Ubisoft forward. Mm. Yes. Yeah, um, for me, it just kind of reminds me the game is still out there. Uh, I, but personally, as I said, I'm not taking this. I, I know what the footage is. I know when it was created. I know it's completely out of date. I'm not judging anything about the game based yeah. on that yeah which yep. is this which is the, the, the yeah. consciously smart way to approach it how, how like, again yeah. the people on the internet will get angry and stuff about how bad it looks awesome. and this and that but <laughs> you're clearly not clued into understanding how game development works i mean the final two three months of a game are just all about polish for the most part uh, a lot of developers now push games back through delays i mean we saw it with the last of us initially they only asked for i think another four or five weeks because they saw it just just to polish the whole thing up and again, how much of that was potentially ruined by spoilers and leaks? So, talk about that when you've you've got uh, Stadia here putting out your whole game free free to the world. And not actually saying that before we move on. Another caveat to that: those who clicked buy for zero pounds and zero pence and got a receipt of their order, do they have to pay for the game when it comes out? They've already bought it for free. Yes. Um, yeah, and have a yes, receipt. Probably, they have a license for that build of the game, probably. So, did they get that? No, because the developers decided to pull it. 
but then they've bought something no, right? as, a, as a consumer. Yeah, it's it's very very weird. But the, it does beg the question: if Eddie and uh, Link TV and such have a receipt, do they? Again, they're not going to argue. Can it really be considered bought if it was nothing? If it costs nothing? That's a. I feel like that's a whole philosophical debate. Oh, we're right? getting all. On, we can talk about pro <laughs> games know. if that's the case. Then <laughs> that's. I think you just need to read the terms and conditions. Of yes, the terms absolutely. Of service. Um, absolutely. Read the terms of service, and if you find out, actually, no, you have the right to play that game. So them. Yeah, it's also not not really worth. Uh, <laughs> Sue the platform you love. Why not? Hey, for a game that costs you nothing, just, and it's just, just yeah. done. I'll be quiet if you send me some Stadia stickers and a hoodie. <laughs> That's all it would take. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So moving on from that one, we got another bit of large news drop on um, Saturday, Friday night, one of the days. Um, out of nowhere, the uh, the game developer, well, the game division, I should say, uh, Warner Brothers Games, uh, was currently owned by AT and T, the the mobile mobile um, division over on the state side. Um, they've apparently put Warner Brothers Games up for sale to clear some of their two hundred billion dollar debt uh, and basically ship their assets. So out of nowhere, we've got uh, Take Two, EA, and Activision. Apparently, the interested parties. Nothing's happened just yet. But when we heard about this on Friday, Richie, we were hype, shocked. Immediate thoughts yeah. were, Google should buy them. Like, just like think, what a way to get in your foot in the door with some premium games. Yeah, what we should say about the guys who've already been linked to it, they're the ones who've been linked to it. It's almost certain that other parties are interested, oh, but hmm. keeping cards close to the chest. Yes, indeed. It's Warner Brothers. They've got some fantastic franchises under their banner at the moment. Why wouldn't you be interested in yeah. that? The, there was an interesting caveat that did come out. So obviously the games and the, the franchise in question, you've got the Batman franchise, the Mortal Kombat franchise, and Justice was ties in there. Uh, Richie, you pointed out the Lego games uh, the other day, yeah. which are a massive cluster Lego of covers range. at the cover. Um, the, the Lord of the Rings Middle Earth games as well, Shadow of War and stuff. Are all There's some yeah. big, big hitters really linked in with uh, WB. They've got some Harry Potter mobile stuff. So yeah, well, I mean, the room, long-rumoured Harry Potter RPG. Uh, and again, Rocksteady fall under that umbrella who are working on the next Batman title. Um, it did specify in the article that the IP doesn't necessarily move over to the new purchaser. So the likes of Batman and stuff, they, they don't become owned, owned. They would have to renegotiate the franchise license, essentially. However, in terms of inheriting the studios, whoever gets these, that's a massive win for however much they want to fork out for them. This is why I thought Google Stadia could. This is a could be a massive win for them because we've just rolled roll off the IP. They will be up for sale. Mm-hmm. The price it might be a case you can buy the studios, or you can buy the studios plus IP, or you can buy license IP, whatever it is. Yeah. But in the end, of the day, even if you just get the studios, these are studios that are built already up and running have made some fantastic games mm-hmm. oh what better way to, to secure in first party stuff. yeah what and what better way to secure like the younger audience as well than getting the lego ip right there for the entire lego game franchise like that's that's the kind of thing you want really i mean uh, you, you could say what you want about the batman games mortal kombat obviously they're they're, they're very big and long-standing titles with with very you know big audiences but the biggest audience right there and the most widespread and the one that's probably most likely to bring in the money is the lego audience really isn't it so it would be a good move but do they take the whole studio do they take everything i would it's about yeah you've got to imagine someone like google's thinking right we're getting getting a bit shit on by everyone else we've still got our other studios that are some somewhere the the bun's still in the oven. We're still waiting for that one. It's going to take some while until it's ready to go. We know we're waiting about two or three years before these big exclusive titles come out. What better way to do that? Similar to how Microsoft acquired Mojang and, and Minecraft, they came in, they bought an existing studio with an existing IP, 
And again, Google would have to play nice and everybody. So the next Batman game would have to be on all platforms. That's fine. Again, that franchise may even wrap up. The Lego games would still have to be multi-platform. You wouldn't want to damage the relationship that far. But in terms of inheriting the studio, so Rocksteady put out the current game. You've got to look forward to the next projects. And I just think if you've got Rocksteady under your umbrella, you could maybe go, right, Disney, they're looking at working with other people outside of the EA licensing with Star Wars deal. Let's go to EA. Uh, let's go to Disney. Sorry, what have you got? Marvel, right? What game are you famous for making? The Batman franchise. Okay, what what character have you got? Daredevil. Put Daredevil in a Marvel style Batman game made by Rocksteady. Add Luke Cage. Add Jessica Jones. Something like that. Boom! You've got yourself an amazing game that so many people would be hyped for. It the plus the, just the fact that having the studios that's the, I think the key element. You're bringing in professionals who know how to make tried and tested games. You got your fighting game. You got your kids game. You got your serious superhero game. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. And I think if it's on the table, you've got to think Mr. Harrison is having conversations with uh, Studstill and the rest of them and saying, is this worth it, do you think? Do we have our war chest to dig out of? What are your thoughts? Depends on the number, but, well, it doesn't hurt Google to have it full stop. Like The thing is, what you have to look at is what, my, what Microsoft has been doing over the last like three, four years. They've been hoovering up <laughs> studio, AAA studios that are current, uh, were independent of big publishers. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if behind Mike, the scenes Microsoft they're in on them. this. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Sony aren't looking at it, if Nintendo mm. aren't looking at it, because it's one of them. You you might look at it and might go, nah, we don't think it's worth the money. But, but what, what do you think? What do you think from AT and T's perspective? Do you think they're going to divide and conquer and just like split the assets off and sell them, or do you think they are going to look for a bundle deal? Because looking for a bundle is it's quite a big ask if you yeah. think about it. It's quite a big ask. Yeah. yeah really depends to 200 million it seems a big number but in terms of at&t as a corporation i don't know how impactful that you know, it's bigger than 200 million 200 billion yeah if they can yeah. play the longer game they have the time to just wait for the best deal mm. to come around if they yes. really need to get their finances in order quicker putting a decent offer in for a bundle and getting all this shipped out because it's not just getting money directly in mm. for the assets into the overheads yeah and mm. them. so you're taking away that extra debt and you're also paying off some debt yeah and it's very interesting again to see like the the sale you'd like to think that want to get pushed through before these studios wrap up with their current development so like i said rocksteady have apparently got a game ready to go whether it's going to be the harry potter thing or a batman game we know warner brothers montreal have been teasing us for a new batman game for the, the longest time now um, you've got again Lego Skywalker Sagas out this year and then you've got um, the Mortal Kombat team just wrapped on Mortal Kombat 11 not too long ago um, realistically all these studios are now coming to the end of their current cycle the only other ones kind of monolith who do the Lord of the Rings ones I, I'm expecting a third game in that trilogy to come probably next year so realistically you've got five great teams there who are now reaching the end of the cycle if you're AT&T you're not going to commission another whole game that might take another three or four years if you're trying to sell them on. You're going to want to say, right, wrap up the assets, let's get rid, let's get rid. So realistically, I would expect by the next financial year, if this is a, a true story, to be wrapped up by then for everyone to get all the pennies in order. Yeah, I think if the number if the if the numbers right and Google can afford it, I think it's a win for them to do. Yeah. And uh, we did. There's going to be controversy over it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. You can't acquire third-party multi-platform yeah. studios and expect that. Because, again, the straight nervousness from that is, does that mean it's only going to be on Stadia? Which they could go cutthroat. 
and you say if you want to play these games that's where they are sorry we bought it we own it it's our ball you can't play it with us if you don't want it if you don't own it um, I, I don't, don't think, think they would. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, think it would be a good move at all. No, from I mean, yeah, the perspective. Move is to license this out to the other platforms, and you get money in from their sales as yeah. well. And like, it works so well with Minecraft. I expect to see Minecraft on the PlayStation Five because it's so big; it almost supersedes, supersedes the, the the platform because it's it's yeah. massive. Like Fortnite, if that went exclusive, it'd piss everyone off. But uh, either way, we did talk about that, Richie, and we suspect that those three that were recommended. Uh, initially within the story uh, we said EA because they're probably the most cash rich at the moment uh, which leads into the next story which is uh, out of nowhere almost out of light speed some would say we were hit with uh, Star Wars Squadrons EA's next game was uh, rumoured and leaked on the Microsoft store and then rather than kind of hide it away and keep it for EA Play which happens this week I believe uh, later on the week 18th possibly I'm right. There's a number in there somewhere. Either way, it doesn't matter because they've just said it's coming on Monday. So when you're listening to this, it's out now. The uh, Star Wars Squadrons EA game, which looks quite cool and I'm excited for. Uh, we're going to get a sneak peek or a first look at it tomorrow. Um, thoughts on this, gentlemen? I think this is going to be a large-scale, essentially space-only Battlefront game. It's made by Motive. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's they're the guys who made Battlefront. So... It to, to me like probably. yeah it's Rogue Squadron but on <clears throat> on a massive multi like on a massive multiplayer scale like I love playing like the space battles on Battlefront too um, but ju- just it, everything looking at that image tells me it's going to be a Battlefront esque game so it's going to have a campaign it's going to have lots of multiplayer modes um, oh. everything about it I'm very well, excited to be what honest I was with you thinking is because there's going to be a lot of crossover between this and Battlefront 2 maybe the plan is for me here to take Battlefront 2 Battle, the Battlefront series and go you know what this is going to be the online multiplayer experience and squadrons maybe we're going to go more rogue squadron go no this is, sing, this is our single player experience you're going to use the same engine it's going to be crossover and that way go we have two distinct properties because one of the failures oh. of Battlefront 2 is although they put more single player um, content in there it was a bit lackluster in places. Yeah, yeah. I suppose one of the problems to too much. I think that game. One of the problems now is that if they release something like a, a Battlefront esque game, they sort of have to like give you all of the content at once because there's no new Star Wars uh, movies pending with immediate effect. So it's almost like they've got nothing to to build on as in terms of seasons and so on there as well. Yeah, it could be interesting. Could yeah. be interesting. I think it, I, I personally think it might be. It's going to be all in on the multiplayer because the, the in within the Battlefront Two world, the the land battles on the ground are, are great. Um, I actually think Battlefront Two doesn't put as much emphasis on the the spaceship fights as as it should do because it's so, yeah. so fun. And um, I think having squadrons, if the online is purely in the air, dogfights and big takedowns, but they add a few more elements into it, more ships, more customization options. Um, I can see that doing really, really well with a sweet ass campaign. It'd be top notch as well because it's been a, it's been a long time since I've done the joystick and played uh, Rogue Squadron back in the day on PC. Um, and I've got I've got very fond memories of Star Wars Starfighter. I think that was I bought that with my PlayStation Two. I got Red Faction and Star Wars Starfighter. It's my launch games. Um, on the Naboo Starfighter, going through the canyon, like little things like that. Very, very fun to be had. Um, I do think is wouldn't put out another single player game this quick off the back of Fallen Order. That's clearly their single player content. We also know that they've stopped support for Battlefront 2 now. There's no additional content coming out for that. So it, it marks 
the appropriate time to release a new title within that sort of franchise like yeah. from motive right there and, too and we know they've got about two years left on this deal with disney um which again everyone thinks that come the end of it they're just not going to make any more games that that's not a thing they're just going to license it out to probably more studios um so i'm expecting a jedi fallen order sequel inevitable they've already said um i do actually expect to see another battlefront but in the form of yeah, more just an on, online always live ever, a bit like destiny have came out and said it's not a numbered title it's just an open world on next gen you're going to get another oh. battlefront they're going to get as many maps over from the original two games as possible they are probably they might probably ditch the campaign again which i know would get them a bit I, of sour press but i it's think not yeah needed. if you're not going to put the effort into making the campaign where i always felt with battlefront 2 yeah probably had two-thirds of a really good story mm-hmm. there and a lot of crap in the middle yeah um if you're not going to do it properly jettison it go come out with the messaging this is going to be a multiplayer only experience yes I think it'd be great. If, and then do single-player stuff off the side. Yeah, I think if with a three-pronged approach, you essentially are going to have your single-player story in the middle, which is Jedi Fallen Order. You're going to have your, uh, even free online one, call it Battlefront Galaxies or something, and that is now your free, free-to-buy, play, and again, all that customization thing with your clones and your suits and your lightsaber, that becomes all your personal stuff. And then the third side of that is your squadrons, and that's your in-the-air flying multiplayer online, which you probably have to pay for. Maybe it's asymmetric. You hunt down one ship, and Tom's suddenly sort of thought of something amazing. I'm sure that's how yeah. I would approach it from EA's standpoint. Anyway, I've just thought, what about if the next Battlefront game is? And I hate to say, I actually do hate to say this because I'm cringing at the thought. But I just thought about it. What about if it's Battle Royale? What about if it's it's if it's, it's sort mode. of yeah? If it's if it's a mode, yeah. Stick me in that Geonosian arena with a hundred Geonosians <laughs> and just me. <laughs> If Battlefront, if the jettison all like things like the pay to win mechanics, like I hated the star cards. They just break the game, yeah. in my opinion. Anything you can do by if you even if I know you could get them by just playing the game, but if you your put your character has an unfair advantage over mine, I just hate that stuff in multiplayer. Oh sucks today for new people yeah. getting in with the free version of it as well. I'm getting absolutely trashed online on Battlefront two at the moment. It makes it unfun. It just makes the game unfun. Um mm. so what you do is for me, you jettison a single player focus on making a single player game separate to this go come out with the messaging this is going to be multiplayer only there's going to be um cosmetic dlc microtransaction stuff in there but it's going to be cosmetic it, yeah. it's going to yeah you know what you stick it stick a 50 pound price tag on it give you a full year's worth of content and then bring out season passes after yeah. that either way i'm massively hyped for more star wars stuff again i think tom what you were totally correct there and saying with them not having a movie in the pipeline we've essentially uh, clone wars is wrapped up now rebels is wrapped up on tv we've got the mandalorian, mandalorian story season, season two, two coming this year uh, but in terms of games they they are the great project that can essentially keep our star wars lust ticking over i'm sure ea are now behind closed doors yeah. going ah last we will reveal ourselves uh, to yeah. the Jedi, um, and as long as I can do a trench run, I'm happy. <laughs> oh yes, go shoot one brass yeah. as well. Yeah, it's got to be in there in all its highest fidelity. Um, in that beautiful, beautiful frostbite engine, I think they use. But in terms of um, the trench run and having a roadmap, um, it turned off your targeting computer. However, another big uh, game online, always ever present, came out this week with a roadmap well into the future. Um, Destiny Two goes big with plans for through right until 2022. And uh, Tom, I know you watch this with uh, a great, great enjoyment because you've got right back into Destiny 
I believe. Uh, do you want to give us a bit really? of a rundown of what the updates were and, and what you're looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, so it starts off, first of all, with the announcement of the latest season. So we've just received season 11, which is the season of Arrivals. Essentially, where we're at at the moment is light has, uh, from the main campaign, the light from the Traveller has exploded across the universe. And in doing so, it's awakened a new evil, an evil that we've that has been long laying dormant for a very long time. Or is it? is the big question. So the darkness is approaching. Um, and what we're looking at here is we now have a list of new expansions that's going to be coming out to Destiny 2 over the next three years. Starting with November this year, we're going to be receiving Beyond Light, which is the first expansion. Following that, we'll be receiving The Witch Queen. And then following that, we'll be receiving one that's currently called Lightfall, but it is a pending title at the moment. Uh, Bungie have said that they are looking to essentially bring the Destiny universes together now. So rather than having the two separate games, I believe the plans are to make one single standing Destiny title with everything built into it. So all of the old campaigns that everybody may have missed out on or may have played but then skipped a little bit to join, jump into the new light stuff, that will all be packed into what's going to be called the Destiny Content Vault. But where we're at at the moment is we're looking to the future of Destiny and what it seems like is that they're looking inevitably to take it to next gen. We're getting 4K 60 frames per second. We're getting support for PS5. We're getting support for Xbox Series X. Um, hopefully, we're also going to see the 4K 60 come to Stadia too. I expect we will do. But we're also, more importantly, going to see crossplay, which is what Destiny on Stadia needs. So it's, Destiny has certainly been picking up lately with a new arrival of the season, a season of arrival. There we go. Um, but it would be nice to see a, a fully immersive universe with everybody from every platform. That would be incredible. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, Lots to look forward to. It seemed like crazy excitement. Like the, the way they did the reveal was very, very well done as well. The two gentlemen who came out, they spoke about it. Very chatty. They essentially acknowledged the elephant in the room nice and early doors. They've not worked or seen each other for, for months now. Uh, they made a little joke about it. They said about the updates. Um, I very much got the impression that they were a bit hamstrung by Activision and now they've broke from them shackles. They never really yeah. wanted to do a, a numbered yeah. sequel. By the sounds of it, they wanted to make the Destiny world an ever-present well, online thing. Like we've just suggested for Star Wars. Didn't they originally claim like a seven-year a seven year developed plan for mm -hmm. the original Destiny? Yeah. And it's uh, but uh, it's always been there. Yeah, but mm. the vault and bringing that older stuff that said they can drop into the vault at any time and pull out all campaigns and strikes and raids and levels and such, and essentially disperse some almost like seasonal content. Um, I do have a question regarding it though. If you own the um, the kind of Stadia initial welcome pack, was that that came with a season pass of some sort, right? Or... Yeah, so it came with it came with a season pass that included the first year of content. So that right. takes us up until the reveal of Beyond Light. So anybody who currently has that season well everybody should have it if you've got stadia pro right yeah. um, but everyone should currently have the season pass that includes the season of arrivals but come the release of beyond light that season pass will expire now if you do purchase beyond light with the deluxe edition or or more on stadia then you do also get the next year of, of season passes as well so everything taking us up then again until the witch queen comes out 2021 so mm -hmm. uh, that kind of ties in with another story we've got this week that pre-orders weren't available um destiny being, they did. being the yes. initial one did you pre-order 
I haven't pre-ordered yet because I'm sort of sitting on the fence with it in terms of when to spend my money. Because one thing that's risen from this pre-order system is that it does charge you immediately. But the the the, the benefit of it is you do get the uh, the in-game bonuses that you get from pre-ordering the game day and date. You get it straight away as soon as you pay for it, which actually I think is really rather cool because most of the times when we pre-order things, you don't get it until you get the game. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that you get something for your money that's that's what i was getting at because we know they took mm, the money yeah. straight away and with it being a pre-order we know all the other platforms do that for digital releases as well yeah. um something me and richie discussed on uh, rock show i believe it was was that the because the pre-order for the dlc counts it doesn't count as a game uh you can't get refunds on them that's so true. there's no like two, two week wait period or how long played it's because it's not count as a game there's no refunds which how and that was... was tried and tested by Stadia Source as well. So <laughs> shout out to Stadia Source and Duncan yeah, in particular yeah. for digging into his wallet to try that out. I don't think I don't <laughs> think they tried and tested it. I think they just did it and then they couldn't get a refund. <laughs> <laughs> it hey, it's still it's, trial it's, and it's, error. It's, trial it's, and error. It's, it's all to be money. very wary of if you put your money down on that. That's it. It's, you're yeah. not getting that money back. It's gone. But you're getting to play all the, the DLC season pass content. So, yeah. again, it, it seems to be evolving into the way that a lot of games are, as a service are going now, which I personally would prefer them all to just be a well. Um, seeing a sequel then to come out with potentially Destiny 3 in 2023 seems like an, an odd move because, again, you're trying to uproot your entire audience and shift them over to another game. Fragmenting mm. what is essentially a, a well-developed universe of content, and it, it shouldn't be done. It shouldn't the be done. The weird thing is... World of Warcraft popularized MMOs globally, mm-hmm. and well, World of Warcraft is still just World of Warcraft. So I don't know why others are trying different models because yeah. that's a the yeah. model. That, you don't have to go maybe the subscription model. Maybe you go the season. There's pass no World of Warcraft that. two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, again, you buy lot, the game and you get your season yeah. passes. Don't but a lot of that I think has came from the, the generation leaps in platforms. So obviously, Destiny originally was PlayStation yeah. three, Xbox three sixty. Yeah. So it's it's that graphical enhancement where I've said many times. Yeah. I think we're at the point now where graphics aren't going to get that much better. I mean, they are, but you know, like the, the little interstitial updates. We we all saw that Unreal Engine demo. Uh, but in terms of like Destiny, it's looked beautiful since day one. So I think people. Are quite happy with what they've got and uh we've seen the likes of fortnite are coming out on next gen consoles uh, another little kind of sprinkle of news to drop in there sony at the playstation event announced grand theft auto 5 is making another leap it's skipping a whole generation no gda 6 for ps4 xbox uh one does this mean stadia could be getting gda if it's coming to next gen next gen Probably. It's possible. yeah i'd say at some point it's gonna hit um yeah. I've got a bit of a sour taste in my mouth about GTA V persisting, to be honest with you. I just sort of feel like it's it's literally milking the cash cow for what it's worth. Um, it's like massively milking that cash cow. I know cow. where you're coming from, but people are still buying stuff. People are enjoying it, so they're reacting to what the basic to market forces. Yeah. If they felt that it made more sense to bring out GTA Six, there's no doubt in my mind they're working on it. But to me, that tells me that Rockstar are a little bit more greedy from a money perspective rather oh, than yeah. the fan base perspective and trying to please yeah. them. I've literally got this guy, like this visual again of like a a country fair and everyone's lining up to milk their cows and there's just this massive hench bloke <laughs> wearing a Rockstar t-shirt with a, just a, a cow that is just basically skin and bones because there's nothing <laughs> left yeah. but it keeps getting topped up like richie said it's, it it's in the top 10 games who yeah. has not bought this game yet in every week it's probably rockstar just buy it themselves just to keep it in circulation but like i i played this game 
it feels like a lifetime ago. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm in a totally different place in my life. I was a child when I played GTA Five originally. I've moved on. I'm on. I'm about to buy my second console after the fact. Now I played the story. Is it Ten years. It, it must be like 2012. Yeah, I think. I think it's, it's yeah, at the point where they've probably been waiting for the generational yeah. shift before they release the next game, and maybe they look at it and go, "Well, we're not there." Maybe they were looking and go, "We're not there yet." If we take a bit more time, we mm. can make even something even better. Yeah, let's just port this across. I mean, it's an easy win, right? Because it, it it prints money. It literally prints yeah. money, and uh, it, it's one of those things where I'd, I would I jump back into it. I I don't know, but I, I mean, never actually played it in any real depth. I, I played about half an hour while trialing PS Now before when we first started this podcast, yeah. and that was a disaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I do think, um, Tom, what, what links into saying like about all the money and such is the fact that we've not seen any more story content. We've not seen anything like an undead nightmare for like Red Dead Redemption, uh, which was great first time around. They've very much shifted now towards, well, we can print money using the shark card points and customization things, and they've gone all wacky and zany with Back to the Future flying cars and races and spaceships and everything like that which i totally get it feeds into the the kind of narrative of what the game's super fun you can do anything grand theft auto is essentially 10 games fold into one racing sports murder gun everything like that it's all there um which is kind of why do you need something else which again i think rockstar would love it to just be grand theft auto online forget the rest of it this is the living world and we do understand that without trying to make it centered around other consoles, we know that when it comes to next gen that they are bringing the online version essentially immediately at release, aren't they? Yeah. With the updated version yeah. over time. It's definitely got a heavy focus on, on the online now. Yeah. The, the, they don't really care about the single player that much anymore, I don't think. Exactly. They probably do for GTA 6, but yeah. well, the single player is done and dusted with GTA 5. So yeah. it's, and it's the online world. It's, I can guarantee it's way better than it ever thought possible. Oh, it, it you exploded. might find. I've there's been I've seen theories where GTA Five will almost like fragment, so then you'll get the online only GTA, and then GTA the numbered GTA series will be single player. I mean, so you have that consistent yeah. well because they've got it. It makes sense. It makes sense, and it's a business model that works. Like Rockstar, essentially now is a one game per generation <laughs> studio, Two. which is crazy. You get Red Dead. Yeah, but that like saying new game. Red Dead 2 is yeah. the only thing that came out in the last eight years, yeah. bar a yeah. port, which is crazy. They must be sitting on so much money. They Hell, they could go out and buy WB games at this point. Just get, get them in the dark. Rockstar owns Lego. <laughs> feels, that doesn't feel like a Rockstar move, though. I mean, oh, no, not, not at all. Not at all. They don't want to spend money. They just want to rake it all in. No, 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 no. <laughs> Keep it all for themselves. Um, but uh, Rockstar are sneakily working on. So they've got they've got a modern day title. They've got an old Western title. Perhaps they're working on a sci-fi title as well. Going cyberpunk as well, because everybody yeah, else yeah, is. Exactly. But um, and an I, open world fantasy. Yeah. Um, I think we will say cover at this point in this episode ladies and gentlemen strap in because you're in for a longer one this week like yeah, this, it's definitely. so i don't even want to skim on any of the news though because it's so good so yeah if you're here it's so 50 far minutes in. yeah yeah well yeah lock in strap in put in uh put in grand theft auto into your other platform and uh yeah. we are ready to go like rockstar we will just keep keep going keep going yeah. um another news story then we did get tom you touching it briefly area but uh essentially google have rolled out the update we alluded to on story number one and you can now play Stadia experimentally, in quotes, on uh, any Android device, any modern Android device. <laughs> um, you simply go into the Stadia app, you go to your settings, you go to 
a little little cocktail bottle of um, potions, turn on experimental mode, and uh, boom, you're away. Uh, they do caveat that with saying it may not work because it's not officially signed off. However, this is opened up to anyone running modern day Android version. Uh, I personally have tested it on my Samsung Galaxy uh, tablet. Works fine. Wonderful. I can now play Stadia on the move on a bigger screen than my Samsung phone. I'm happy. Gentlemen, have you managed to try it on it? I know, Tom, iOS, we um, won't talk about that just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have, um, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, it's a touchscreen overlay of a Stadia controller. It, it's never going to be good. I don't think that sort of touchscreen works that, like, to mimic a controller. Um, but it works. I mean, there's certain games, you're not going to be able to play Destiny on this touchscreen unless you're insane. I think you fragmented um, the story, Richie. I was talking about just you can download it and play it. So, like, I've oh. been playing it on my Samsung tablet with my PlayStation 4 DualShock Bluetooth connected up. But, yes, another link to that update yeah. story was touchscreen controls are also available. Uh, which, yes, yeah, continue on. They, they don't work for most yeah. games because you can't play Destiny. You can't play, I'd, I'd argue, anything, like, comfortably. You can play, like... Simple, simple party games. Like if I think about something like Spitlings, you could probably play Spitlings quite yeah, like up down comfortably. I, yeah. I disagree in Spitlings. There's fast twitch stuff in, yeah. in there. The, the, the down... games I there's two games I've been referencing for this. I think Football Manager mm. and Octopath Traveler could be could work. I've heard Octopath works quite well for it because of it being turn based and so yeah, on. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Anything fast paced that requires the triggers, you shit out of luck. You are not yeah. scoping and shooting. By the bite, you just don't have the dexterity. Playing PUBG with your touch screen. <laughs> yeah, un until gamers have evolved to like Cyberpunk era when we've got six fingers and we can grip our phones in some creepy crayed neck, it's not going to work. Um, a I controller is that, always the best way to play, in my opinion. I think Megatron yeah. X did say she'd used it a bit for things like inventory management in Destiny. So, stuff like that, if you're, you're, on, your, you're on your dinner at work, you just quick bit of inventory management yeah. it can be a useful feature yeah that could mm. work could work uh, but it, it's great to see that these updates are finally rolling around and i think uh the fact that it opens up to android as a whole on an experimental front there is millions upon millions of devices in the world that stock android again uh, apple ios has that big front for an apple but we've got to remember android is across so many different manufacturers so many different brands so many different devices whether it's um tablets now already running like uh, chrome essentially um, I think Linux as well, he also came out with a version for that. Uh, I will work on that, I should say. Um, but it's great to see, and uh, as, a, as a bonus point to that, the uh, Stadia app has now crossed over the 1 million downloads mark. So that yeah. means that, that you'd like to think that means numbers or people who are at least contemplating playing Stadia on the move are willing to try it out. We've ticked over that magic 1 million, so... It's all good, gentlemen. It's on the up. It's quite, um, as of today as well, there's been a lot more digging in the APK as well. And today being the time of recording on Sunday, the 14th, um, there is also potentially the scope that we might be seeing a little bit more from um, features like Crowdplay coming very soon and also YouTube integration. We know Jem over from the community, Jem Stadia, at Jem Stadia on Twitter, has been doing a lot of digging around inside the latest APK and behind the scenes with the Google Apps and has found a lot of stuff in there that lends itself to us believing that actually we have things in the works here to actually see more rollouts coming very, very soon. So exciting stuff because we're getting a lot of stuff coming very soon. Ooh, it does not end. The tap, the tap Ooh, yeah. is turned on, and the, the tops came off, and it's just it's free flow now. <laughs> no, it's gonna go, it's gonna go we're washed away in stadia. In stadia news. Stadia. Uh, to be fair, if you've got a waterproof phone, technically you could still play stadia underwater. 
If the touch screen you may not respond over. very well <laughs> with the I mean, water. If the touch screens don't work, can you really play? You can look at the you can watch, you can watch, yeah, watch a cutscene maybe or something like yeah. that. Uh, but in terms of flowing news, we got uh, out of all the IGN games and the showcases that we've seen, we got a couple of games also announced this week. Uh, we've got Windbound, um, which came from the Escapist Indie Showcase, and we also got System Shock, which is dug out of the IGN um, Games Fest by uh, our friends over at Stadia Source, Dan and the team. Um, two games, gentlemen, very, very different. Obviously, Windbound was the flip of the coin. Was it going to be Cyberpunk? Was it going to be Zelda? Uh, it was Zelda this time round. Yep. Um, have you had a chance to take a look at Windbound so far? I have taken a look at um, the... I, I caught the trailer when it was actually airing on there, and um, I'm quite excited for that as well. Again, I really like that art style. Um, yeah. I, I was a big fan of Wind Waker um, and Breath of the Wild as well, this sort of like cel-shaded... It's almost yeah. a half halfway between it is it is and also i think if i remember there was a game that came out a while ago um rhyme as well yeah, rhyme yeah. also had a very similar sort of yeah. style um again by tequila works the same people who made guilt and it has it, it it just it's one of these sorts of worlds like those visuals really capture me for a video game mm. i like the idea that you can build and and sort of like add on to your craft to sail between all of the islands and essentially it's almost got that sort of survival monster hunter almost-esque feel to it very very much mixing a lot of ideas from different games but yeah i'm i'm super excited by it super excited yeah it's yeah, um it's, do you think it took any inspiration from gods and monsters with the art style potentially 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 um yeah it, it again uh art style that's very very common i think for india in smaller teams now to produce and it's very that sharp kind of crisp clear color palette i think is, is really appeasing to people it, it really does appeal quite well um as well yeah yeah uh the other one system shock came out which is a totally different style game than uh than uh, what windbound what we just mentioned um it's kind of like an 80s it reminds me of Alien. The oh. Alien trilogy used to get on uh, PlayStation 1, I think I had it on. System um, Shock is an old title that's been remastered. Yeah. It's um original yeah, release. Yeah. I remember I remember it originally coming out. First person action, action adventure. Um definitely again sort of that uh it's sort of a cross between like cyber cybery almost zombie-esque as well. It's a it's a big mix of that that sort of feel really. Is there anything to do with Bioshock? I feel like I've heard someone mention it's either from... Is it from the same people or the same team? Inspired Bioshock. Ooh. Oh, inst- by- yeah. Yeah, right. I knew Inspired. I heard something, yeah. And obviously with it being a shooter and a creepy... Is it zombies you're trying to kill or some form um, of infected people? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, In essence, I don't know too much about it. I just remember the gameplay of it because it's a very old title from as far as I'm concerned, yeah. that the age of playing it. But it is highly touted as being a... a as, a really good game like an incredible game of its time so um, so another one coming to stadia uh following mm. on from that then we got another one which um uh, reminds me of octopath from the artwork straight away uh jumps out uh is it is it chris tales or is it Chris? it is just chris tales so i'm just say chris chris tales chris tales stories from me yeah your stories so your stories sit back and relax for a lovely pixelated journey with myself and i'll we'll get it we'll get, it, we'll get a drink <laughs> and we'll sit and talk um, it's yeah it's known to the classic jrpg style again um but with a, a different take on art style again another title that i think um i know i'm certainly excited and richie i, I suppose i could probably say you're the same uh, jrpgs i do like i do like my jrpgs um, mm-hmm. to be honest i haven't 
looked into Chris's, Chris Taylor's much. <laughs> Chris Taylor. Uh, when you first yeah. announced, I looked into it when it first announced, like a couple of months ago, mm. and I haven't looked at it since. So yep. I've just stalling for time while I watch the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fine. You, you added it into the doc um, as we were talking. So. Yeah, Don't yeah. tell them how it yeah. made. We knew about this all along. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it does have if a you, front... If you like... Yeah, if you like titles like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Valkyrie Profile, Bravely Default, Persona 5. Richie, I know you've been playing Persona 5 a few months ago. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely the kind of title that you, you would like to like to invest in. I know, again, this this is actually with the announcement. Um, it was sort of a stealth announcement this one was. I think it was just picked up randomly by the community. But um, definitely one that, when it comes to Stadia, that will be on, on my list for sure, for sure. But, Interestingly, um, I think there's a demo available on Steam. Ooh. Yeah, there is. Oh, play, it's, play, play, it's, pra- well. it's planned to come out my birthday. Aha. Oh, lovely. Treat, At least on Steam. Um, treat yourself. So there we go. Now, um, <laughs> speaking of all those, these new games that have coming out, then Stadia have lovingly delved into their, their Google Pot and they've came out again as part of the updates this week. Out of nowhere. People, I think, were expecting some pro deals. Um, however,. Um, instead, you now get £10 off your next purchase for pro subscribers. Now, Barry, uh, one of our patrons, as you'll know, wrote into the show, just like you can, over at patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadia. And he writes in and asks, uh, what are your thoughts on the £10 off the next purchase to existing subscribers? Is it a form of apology because we know they've not been great with communication of late? Or is it just an out and out drive to increase game sales on the platform? Uh, and if it is an out and out drive for sales, how do we perceive that from a statistics side? Does that mean uh, Stadia's not doing well? so they're trying to get numbers to jump up um, are we seeing uh, maybe subscribers drop off due to the cyberpunk confusion so gentlemen what, what's your take on this is this just stadia being generous are they making up for something is it is it a, is so it many levels of, this question is it a box of so many levels and flowers right. or i think first of all let's ta- take the apology route if they apologize for bad communication they haven't told us that's why they give it to us which makes it a null point no no and void anyway Woo! Like, going yeah. in circles yeah it, yeah <laughs> You don't apologize for bad communication with bad communication. And, uh, yeah. Stealth. He, he's some money. <laughs> it's like, um, it's hush so money. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that. I think it's they're probably trying just a few things out because they keep giving us monthly pro deals. So what maybe the thought this time is that instead of discounting specific games, maybe they just give us some money and let's see what people spend it on. It's your own deals. I like it. Yeah. It's almost like um, pick. I mean, if you think about it, that we've got platforms out there like Humble Bundle that does really well every month as well, where you can pay, um, you know, you could pay for bundles of games essentially. And you almost get to pick and choose if you go for the Humble Choice bundles too. And I suppose that that mechanic could almost work. And that takes us, um, it possibly opens up another discussion there for, um, it's taking us a little bit closer to that Netflix style model almost. Mm. Only you're just like, you're going to pick the games you like, yeah. but just get them discounted. Well, um, I hmm. think as well that the month, um, two month tri- um, for free is coming to an end. So by giving you, he's £10 in, effectively £10 in your account, entices mm. people to stick around and to spend that money in the platform. Yeah. But I think crucially for me, it's data for them. You've given every player £10 or $10, depending where you are. What games are you buying? What are you spending that money on? Yeah, it's 
very got a solid six data. you got a solid six plus months as well to use it so just to confirm uh this 10 pounds sits in your account and they're ready to use on the first purchase until the 31st of december this year so you've got if you if you're not looking to purchase anything and just looking to reap the benefits of pro which you're fully entitled to do absolutely that's what it's there for uh, that's what you're paying your 8.99 a month for but you've got a choice of any game you want on the platform and 10 pound off so what I'd like to know is, if I bought SteamWorld Dig, which is six ninety nine, I'm going to assume that I lose the rest of that. That was. I'm going to assume that. Yes. If you use that money, then mm-hmm. I'd say yes. I, I would assume yeah. My assumption would be it's a ten pound block. You can use it however you like, whatever game you like. But if it's on the it's on one purchase on the game, I don't think it counts. For so it should be. It should be. Oh no, it does. It works on DLC as well. DLC, yeah. yeah. So, um, you, you essentially the wording should be up to the value of yeah. perhaps yeah, no something credits. like that. <laughs> you don't get yeah. store credit after the fact. Yeah, it's a cannot be exchanged for cash. <laughs> it's a model of all experience and various avenues yeah. of life. Like, yeah. It's a gift card. Oh, you can't get a refund on your gift card. Yeah. It's the same thing. Exactly. Um, so that follows me up then, gentlemen. Is there anything that's tickled your fancy now? Now you've got ten pound free to spend. So I had a conversation with Richie about this. Um, I was still considering picking up Octopath Traveler, but even with the £10 off, it's still exactly the same price as it is on the Switch. So I'm still sort of not really feeling it yet because the game has been out for some time. I know there's a lot to the game, and it's probably justified at that price, but you know me being a stickler for cash and so on, I'd sort of like to just hang around and wait and see what happens. Yeah, for me, if I up it... If I wanted to buy Octopath Traveler now, I think I probably would use it and buy it, and buy it on Stadia because I, as much as I love my Switch, Stadia I do think is a bit more convenient. But I actually hey, I on your phone. Playing, I've been playing <laughs> a hell of a lot on my Switch and I actually just enjoy the speed, the experience of Octopath Traveler on a portable device and the speed's yeah. about the right size for just laying on your couch with it. It's good. So it's I can't good, yeah. really say which way I'm going. Good. Ta- um, mm, yeah. What about um, you, Chris? Anything? Nothing's really got my fancy at the moment. Um, I, I'm kind of waiting just to see what like the new, kind of the new releases of games are going into it. I'll be honest, my next couple of kind of probably weeks are looking at The Last of Us Part Two. Same. Sorry, non-Stadia fans, and uh, probably Ghost of Tsushima following on from that. So two big exclusives that unfortunately I can't play on Stadia. And as a massive gamer, they're, they're yeah. massive games I'm looking forward to at the moment. Uh, Valhalla is kind of the only next thing in my in my headlights that I'm looking to play until something exciting or new drops that we know about that maybe is a connector from Ubisoft we'll see I've always said all along Stadia is now my third party go to thing so if, I, if it's not exclusive to Playstation I'll happily play on Stadia but in all honesty I'm, I'm still powering through Odyssey so I might spend it on um, some Ubisoft points and get myself a, a skin or something for Cassandra Ooh, and uh, Phobos so we, we'll see but other than that I've got till December right so <laughs> I'm in a similar position to you I there's three big titles that I want to play on PlayStation this year. Um, Final Fantasy VII um, Remake, Last of Us um, Part Two, and Ghost of Tsushima. They're, that's probably going to take up the bulk of the next few months of gaming. I am yeah. planning on jumping into ESO. Um, I'm not abandoning the stadium, don't worry. <laughs> um, but it's just like, at the moment, there's nothing really jumping out that I want to play, which yeah. is why I think I've been bouncing between games a lot recently. It's why I'm playing Octopath. Like, Great point though, Richie. And uh, Ashley writes in to our Patreon. And remember, just like you can at patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadium. And she asks, on the cusp of Elder Scrolls Online launching, so two days from the point of recording, gentlemen, are you excited? And what are your plans for any factions, clans, guilds, anything like that? 
What were you, what super were you excited. Super, super bloody excited to the point that um, I'm still debating, even though I'm still in this scenario right now where things are, are really up in the air and I'm finding myself incredibly busy trying to sort out things in relation to moving. Um, I'm still sort of really in the mindset of doing something really special for Elder Scrolls launch um, on Tuesday, which we're literally, it's going to be the, you know, the day after this comes out. So if you're listening to this again on Monday, it's out tomorrow. It's literally out the next day. So we're really, That's really close. right there. <laughs> like... um, I would love to try to get a, like a guild up and running. Um, historically with MMORPGs, I have run several guilds before. Um, back when I used to play Ragnarok Online on Final Fantasy, on World of Warcraft. I've done it several, several times. Um, I know there are a lot of Stadia-related communities already organizing guilds and groups because they've jumped into the PC version. Um, so I am aware that by doing so, we might limit ourselves, but I do like to keep it close knit and keep it with friends and keep it with, you know, people who are of a like mind, but I'm very much for it. Very, very much for it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I am I'm very much excited for the game, but not as much as you, Tom, but I am also going in as blind as possible. So I'm trying to sh- cast aside any preconceived notions I had in the past about the game and just go completely in blind. So I'll probably just follow you. Follow you like, blindly into the dark yeah. of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah, pretty, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I might jump in for a bit. Again, I know nothing of it other than Davy Jones is in it from Pirates of the Caribbean. And no, he isn't. He, he, no, that's you mi- you're mixing your well, games, Chris. You're mixing your well, games. That, this is their this is their problem. Then they're not marketing it clearly enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I joke, I joke, I joke. Um, we also got, uh, aside from new games coming out this week, that's fantastic. Uh, again, if you have any questions that you want to send us, like head over to Patreon. Genuinely, we will read them out on the show. And we'll give you our opinions and share you, yeah. share our thoughts. That's what it's there for. It's about you being more involved with our little small community. So definitely write in if you were. you have a question that you think, damn it, they didn't answer it this week yet again. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Um, a couple of wrap-up stories, a little bit of a few smaller ones, really. Uh, we finally got a date for uh, Relicta. I know, uh, did we clarify if that's what you call it? Well, when we first had it announced, we spent about three minutes actually just saying the word Relicta over and over yeah. again. Relicta. Relicta. Yes. Relicta. Relicta. Speaking of names, Relicta. Uh, games that could do with namings conventions maybe being changed, that one. Yeah, maybe just have a look at it. It's a bit late now, maybe. But either way, August 4th, uh, 2020 is when it's dropping on uh, Stadia, Xbox, PS4, and PC. So we, we got to see ourselves uh, up on the main page with the rest of them, finally. Up with the big boys. Um, we also had Stadia rating in Brazil for Saints Row the Third remaster came out, which... Do we believe it, that I... Brazil ratings board... Well, I would love to see Saints Row the Third because actually, if you like GTA and you want something ridiculously over the top with a bit of a piss take, get it because it has a giant um, eighteen rated purple weapon that I will not discuss on this episode. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, I loved that game. Absolutely loved it. It's just fun. Is that the one where you got superpowers as well? Almost. There were later in one of the one of the DLCs they added sort of. Um, they they added a lot of crazy yeah. crazy stuff. You start yeah. off as the president, right? Is that this one? Uh, not this one. Nah. Not this one. Well, well, I might have to play yeah. this one then. Uh-huh. The biggest takeaway for me for this is rated in Brazil. Stadia's mm. not currently in. Yeah, Brazil. that was my question. Like, do we trust the ratings board when Stadia's like I've seen it on the Twitter threads? How many people ask for when Stadia coming to Brazil? When Stadia coming to here, 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 and 
Yeah, maybe to take a big pinch of salt with that one. I think I with I think it's that stadium yeah, probably make, getting things set up to run into Brazil because they want to go yeah. worldwide. So Absolutely, and Brazil I was just one of the biggest is crying out for it. I was going to say one of the one of the things that I was looking into very recently was the analytics worldwide to see how Stadia does globally in terms of search presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we we know we've got a connect pending, and we know we currently only have fourteen countries that can access the service. Yeah. The Latin Americas, uh, the Middle East, and the uh, like Australia, New Aussies, Zealand yeah. are are crying out for for Stadia at the moment. Like it, they need to launch to those markets because I think they'll see a huge uptake. Yeah. Huge, huge this, this, this kind of makes me think that if, if, if at IGN they're not doing a game showcase, they're going to keep the games for the Connect. Maybe mm. at IGN we do get a little interstitial kind of features and spec update. We could get updates about Stadia quote-unquote 2.0. Off the back of the PlayStation 5 now fully being out and announced, we know what the competition looks like. So maybe this is a time to, in and amongst all the game announcements, have a little half-an-hour window where they say, new server blades, better teraflops, um, released in 10 more countries around the world. Here's the pro games for July. Um, the the three-month rollover period is going to happen. Here's $10 for free. If there's ever a better time while lockdown is still going on to get on board, now is it. Go fill your boots, well, Australia, Latin America, all that kind of stuff. For me, I'd, I'd just tell us if you have got a Connect planned, which I think you should, because bear in mind, this is technically a free week right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so get your connect out there, but have a timed so you can almost IGN can do a post show. IGN is the biggest gaming news site in the world. Mm-hmm. Why not leverage that? Yeah, definitely. To definitely get your message out there. Uh huh. Drop your um, connect at IGN. But again, <laughs> like, I think the best thing about all these rumors coming out is that the stadiums in the conversation now. I know there's been lots of game announcements where they've not featured, but just because the logo is not embezzled across it, that doesn't have me now fearful thinking we're never going to get it. I think it's just a matter of brokering those deals behind the scenes. I do think the lack of GDC this year has probably hampered that somewhat. Um, but that doesn't mean, again, how many games are we still expecting? Probably another 90 or so for 2020. And here we are at the halfway point of the year and we've, we've still, the, the needle's not tipped to the heavy end where I really do think across all platforms, we are expecting a massive back end of the year filled with games. And uh, we'll be here to uh, report on it. We have. Yep. We indeed will. Sure. Um, but I think that brings a wrap to the news. There are a couple of other stories, but they're not they're not really massively pertinent. Um, I would like to get your two gentlemen's takes on the PlayStation 5 news that dropped. It's kind of the elephant in the room. We're talking all things Stadia, but one of the <laughs> biggest competitors, if not the biggest competitor to Stadia, did reveal this week their new sexy box that came out and a couple of big Fest Party exclusive titles. Um, what are your thoughts? Did it make you envious of it not coming to Stadia? Are you going to get the white two-tone box i was thinking more about the box personally and i for one am very excited to get my to receive my playstation camino person thing because <laughs> i do think it very much looks like one of those camino ones with the giant like black yeah, slim yeah. bits oh, <laughs> it's been meme tastic oh it has rivers, tower baradua it's like i quite like i quite like the netgear router with the two envelopes uh, yeah. tape to the side of it yeah. as well the ps2 with just a fold around it <laughs> yeah the, the, the truth the truth of the matter is like it doesn't matter when a when a console comes out i mean look at the xbox series x reveal it's called it's called the xbox fridge now for god's mm. sake so you know people people meme everything that's like that yeah. um but i was i was you know i'm very excited by it i think a lot has gone into the design of it um but i do believe it's going to be a lot bigger than the current uh, PlayStation 4 but as well. It needs to be, from a technical standpoint, to, in order to get the power behind it, it needs yeah. to be bigger. 
And to allow for the heat, if anything. Well, this is where I was going to go with the caves, mm. which is one of the malign things. Is I think the caves are de- as very much a technological design choice because Microsoft went one way. We're going to give you a mini tower, so you have to stand it up. Basically, a computer. Yeah, I think PlayStation <laughs> going well. We're going to still give you a game console thing, so you might be able to mount it horizontally. But by having these caves, it means you can get airflow underneath. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. thing's been uh, in a wind but, tunnel, hundred percent. But you know what? We're going to do all of our marketing. It's going to be vertical because that is the best way to store it. I do think the I quite like the fact that they're going with a digital version and a non-digital version. Um, I do think the digital version looks way sleeker. Yeah. I don't like the disc drive. But that like being said, yeah. But that being said, if you lie if you lie it down flat, the disc drive is masked a little bit more. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's just the 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 asymmetric design of it didn't really sit. Well, very well with me the overall my overall impressions that is i don't like white plastics i think they just look cheap and tacky and white I, yeah. I do not i i absolutely despise the look of the dual sense and okay if, if it wasn't for the dual sense i think i could get by with the look of that console but the dual sense is just horrendous it's ugly <laughs> i think white is a very bold move for sony it's a very bold move mm. because it's not their color traditionally at all so yeah. it's it's bold. It, 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 gets, it rubs yeah, it rubs me up the wrong way a little bit as well. I, I've said to Richie on our non-recorded episode that uh, all technology I own is usually just a flat rectangle, and very much for the most part, it comes in a black color. I've got a, I've got like you're talking like keyboards, mobile phones, tablets, my old consoles, televisions, screens, monitors. Everything is just this little black rectangle. And it's how technology has been for my entire life, pretty much. Even right back to getting your first computer, they were just block block colours of rectangles. Um, all of a sudden, this curvy, futuristic, cyberpunk-looking blue neon white thing that's going to sit in my in my kind of games console uh, area space. Uh, it's very oh, jarring to get used to. <laughs> yeah, I might have to buy a separate cabinet to fit the thing in. Um, but what what it does kind of lean towards um, in terms of the presentation and communication. Very sleek, very professional. The, yeah. the overall thing, the way they announced games, 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 dropped them in and I think the perfect order, they went off with a massive Spider-Man reveal to get the hype up. Um, it just was kind of hit after hit after hit and then wrapped up the whole show with the reveal of the console. Very well done, very timed, very professional and it was actually really nice to watch something that wasn't somebody in the bedroom with a green screen and Xbox behind them just saying, hi, I usually work in an office but because it was, I'm glad they took the time to refine it and make it look professional because it sends out a very clear message that we are number one in this industry right now and I think they will be for some time based on what they showcased. For me, I think they know what their strengths are. Their strengths are very much in the games. So we're going to do the showcase which is going to be 90% about the games. A few other little things in there. The top brought up the SSD and ray tracing and things again. Mm-hmm. throughout. But then they ended with that one last thing. And the one last thing is, go, you know what? You've been waiting for this. Here's what the box looks like. The reveal was amazing. I don't like the look of the thing, but from a showcase point of view, it was a good reveal. Mm. Now, but, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me to wrap all that up in a nice little bow is, again, it's going to be they didn't reveal the price, the costing. And I think definitely we should have a long conversation between the three of us. Once we know the prices of these future consoles how realistically it's going to stack up against Stadia because I think that is, there's rumours of, I've seen Amazon listings in different countries where it's coming in at $600, pounds, whatever it may be. That can't be understated when it com- comes to comparing it to Stadia and I think this is where going to next gen, Google need to up their marketing tenfold because they can they can afford that because the co- consumer is going to be looking at how the future of games does look 
and one's going to be five hundred pounds. One's going to be less than a hundred potentially. That that's a big cost. Nothing. You don't even need to Chrome if you have a Chromecast Ultra in your house. Uh, you can buy the control for sixty sixty quid, and you go your way. That's not or, nothing. That's sixty quid then. Or <laughs> an old laptop, which you still have to buy at some point, though. Yeah, but you ha- oh, you could just play your phone. Most people already have some sort of device, yeah. like a tablet, a phone, a laptop, and that's that's the selling point. Again, we've we've rattled on like it's what we do, you know. It's what we. But do. yeah, I, I get what Richie's saying. I get what yeah. Richie's saying. The, the cost the cost of entry is very minimal, very minimal in comparison to dropping six hundred pounds. I'm expecting the um, I'm expecting a base version to come out about four hundred and ninety nine, with the higher end coming out at five ninety nine. I'll be very interested to see what the digital version comes out at. Yeah, someone who still has physical media for his games, I feel like I'm going to be I, paying a bit more for that disc drive. I would prefer to pay more for the disc drive purely on the grounds that you might pay even if it's a hundred pound more for the disc drive at launch. If you shop smartly on using things like Amazon, wait like six months for games, often the game can drop by about like £30 in, mm. in the space of six that months. True. You'll make that money back in a year. We know with digital in particular, I mean, we see it within Google Stadia itself that the games tend to still remain at full price regardless of like how long the game has been out. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, for, for what yeah, it's worth, not it, the shelf, investment. Not on a shelf getting older, they're just ever present in that store. And if there's no data, think... no one knows if it's new or old, it's just there on yeah. the storefront. I think this is the last um, generation with physical media. I think this is why Sony's yeah. done it. They're not ready to completely jetson it, but they transition people over. We're yeah. going to do one more generation. We're going to bring in the discless one, I'm assuming at a low price point, to encourage mm-hmm. that purchase, to encourage purchases through their store, which unfortunately is probably going to be the, the last nail in the coffin for um, Brick and physical Martin. retailers. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Um, but it's almost as though all digital versions suggest that the future is in cloud gaming and digital downloads, which thankfully uh, we've planked our, planked our flag, planted our flag in the right space because here we are talking all things Google Stadia on episode 38 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. We've had one hell of a show this week. It's been super, super long. So thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, I believe this is probably our longest show to date. For the podcast, so, yeah. episode 38, who knew that there would be more stuff and more news coming out week on week for Google Stadia. But thank you for sticking along with us. Do not forget to subscribe to the channel on youtube.com forward slash Sound Stadia. Um, if you are like-minded or new to the channel and hopefully you've enjoyed the show, if you've stuck around this long, you certainly must have uh, had some form of interest there, whether it's our three faces or it's just the news in general. Uh, remember, you can head over to our partnership program, which is with the UK Stadia Group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Google Stadia UK group and talk to some like-minded gamers and individuals who are pretty much getting on the Elder Scrolls bandwagon this week. So if you're excited and you're interested, that's the channel to check out as well. Uh, don't forget to follow us over on twitter.com forward slash Sound Stadia. Be kept in the loop with all of our uh, upcoming episodes of Road to Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Richie's final few episodes of Lost Words Beyond the Page, and whatever Tom's got cooking up for the week ahead with Elder Scrolls Online. So watch this space, keep it checked and locked to our channel. Thank you very much for watching Sounds of Stadia podcast episode 38. My name's been Chris. I've been Richie. We've been Sounds of Stadia, everybody. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a good week. Bye.